Okay, let's. There we go. Now we're now we're going. I was distracted by the blurry image and I forgot to turn on my microphone. Anyway, there we go. Uh, no sound. Come on, guys. All right, come on. I know you guys keep saying no sound, but come on. All right, thank you. <laughs> Welcome to News and Views from the Nefarium on Thursday, June 3rd, 2021. <laughs> Sorry about that. I forgot to turn on my microphone. Uh, this is going to be a short News and Views, but likely to be kind of punchy. Um, first of all, let's do the housekeeping. There is no vid chat tomorrow. This is my day off tomorrow. Uh, there will be the short format vid chat next Friday. I will post when I get done with the news and views. I will post that in the members area <coughs> so that you can go ahead and get your comments, questions in. There's no theme this week. Uh, so it's a free, or pardon me, next week. So it's a free uh, format, short format vid chat. That'll be at uh, 3 o'clock U.S. Central Time till 6 o'clock. Remember, um, post your comments. One comment and question posting, please. There's a certain individual that likes to post gobs. Uh, remember, it's short format, first come, first serve. I take them in order uh, as they're posted on the website. Uh, and then the following uh, two weeks, the schedule's already up. Uh, I had to kind of reverse the order because I've got a lot of commitments, interview commitments this month and so on. So be sure to consult the schedule. All right. Let's paint the context, okay? We've had a Japanese cargo ship sink in rather odd circumstances. No weather problems or anything. Then we've had an Iranian warship, I think just today, catch fire in the Persian Gulf at the same time as an Iranian oil refinery in Tehran caught fire, you know, color me suspicious here. And a couple days ago, we had another ship in the Bosporus, which of course is that very narrow waterway between Istanbul and Asian Turkey that feeds into the Black Sea, and it's a very narrow waterway. We had a another cargo ship kind of go a little haywire there and threatened to block the Bosporus. Fortunately, uh, the Turkish uh, government was able to get that cleared relatively quickly, but it was kind of shades of the Suez Canal. Uh, so we've got a lot of stuff going on, and I don't know about you, I'm more than a little suspicious that we have Palestinians launching rockets into Israel. And, of course, they don't make the rockets, so where are they coming from? Uh, and I strongly suspect we might be looking at a little retaliation in the form of Persian Gulf and burning oil refineries. Who knows who's behind it? <laughs> but... But there's a lot going on that seems to indicate somebody is trying to create a lot of chaos. Well, as you know, President Biden and co. has an, a summit upcoming with President Vladimir Putin. And there's a little story here that just popped off the news today. 
And I want to read several paragraphs from you. This is uh, AP. I, I pulled it from uh, somebody that sent me this story. TM is his initials, who sent me this story. And I want to make sure and thank him for doing so. Just a local report. But here we go. Uh, Associated Press reporting from Moscow. The report is filed by Vladimir Isinchenkov. And it was posted just today. Listen carefully. This is big, although it's one of those little subjects that with everything else going on, you might tend to overlook. Quote, Russia said Thursday, that's today, that it will completely remove the U.S. dollar from its rainy day fund, a move intended to counter American pressure two weeks before a summit of the two countries' leaders. Finance Minister Anton Sulyanov told an economic forum in St. Petersburg that the National Wealth Fund will turn its dollar-denominated assets into euros, yuan, and gold. Now, let me stop. The National Wealth Fund is kind of Russia's equivalent of the Exchange Stabilization Fund. They use it to stabilize the ruble and so on and so forth, in addition to using it to, to be a rainy day fund in the genuine sense. But anyway, that's very important. He said the shift will take a month. And once it's completed, the fund will have 40% of its holdings in euros, 30% in yuan, and 20% in gold, while the British pound and Japanese yen will each account for 5%. In other words, everybody except the United States. That's very important. So Yanov said the fund currently has 35% of its assets in dollars and another 35% in euros. The fund accumulates oil revenues to increase the country's resilience to market fluctuations and to help support major national projects. It held about $186 billion worth of total assets as of last month, part of the nation's gold and hard currency reserves that stand at the equivalent of about $600 billion overall. Skipping a couple of paragraphs here. Asked about the latest announcement, Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov told reporters that many countries, including Russia, have sought to ease their dependence on the dollar amid growing concerns about the reliability of the main reserve currency. Speaking on the sidelines of the St. Petersburg Forum, Deputy Prime Minister Andrei Belyasov said that the decision to cut the dollar holdings was linked to, quote, threats of sanctions that we have received from the U.S. leadership, unquote. Russia's ties with the U.S. and its allies have plummeted to the lowest level since the Cold War after Moscow's 2014 annexation of the Ukraine's Crimea, accusations of Russian interference in elections, and hacking attacks and other issues. Now, folks, I suspect that... Um, the tail end spin here is not what's going on. As I warned people, there would be huge fallout from the recent American elections, and most of them would be geopolitical, financial, and economic. Uh, number one, 
because of the cloud of suspicion that hovers over the elections. That's number one. But number two is much more important. Recently, the as some of you may know, the Bidenenko regime in Swampington, D.C., decided to allow the finishing of the pipeline from Russia to Germany, the Nord Stream pipeline. And folks, that, to my mind, was a telltale giveaway for this reason. The simple economics of the pipeline are that it's much cheaper for Germany to import natural gas via pipeline than to import it from tankers and so on from the United States. So in other words, sheer economics is sheer reality, reality is overruling the geopolitical whims and desires of the United States. That pipeline was going to go through one way or another eventually anyway. And to me, this is a signal event because now that it's going through, the Russians have decided to decouple their, their rainy day from, and this is so crucial, folks, from the U.S. dollar completely and stockpile other hard currencies, British pound, Japanese yen, Chinese yuan, uh, and euros, as well as gold. This is a trend that I think is going to increase, and it's a clear message from Russia to the United States before the, before the Biden-Putin uh, summit. And what I think it portends is something else to latch on to. The growing impotence of the United States and its sanctions regime on the world stage. This is going to increase, I think, rather dramatically in the next few years uh, because the instability of the government in, in Swampington, D.C., its ineffectualness. And let's remember something else. The more sanctions the West has put on Russia, the more it's forced Russia to build out its own infrastructure. So in other words, in the long term, the sanctions have only made Russia stronger, not weaker. They've, they're in the process of completing their financial clearing system and so on and so forth. So in other words, this, I think, is a trend that you're going to see increase. And it's going to be quiet, and they're going to be doing it in the midst of a bunch of other noise on the world stage. Uh, so look for more of it. Uh, I think you're going to see other countries jumping in in their own little way and start gradually, not overnight, but gradually de-dollarizing. And I'm not talking just about Russia and China. I'm talking about countries like Japan, India, and so on and so forth. Uh, this is a huge, huge story, one to watch. And notice something else that uh, the finance minister, Sulyanov, said. This is a process that they're going to finish in a month. So in other words, the other thing that the sanctions regime has taught the Russians is how quickly they can decouple from the dollar, and they've got it down to a fine art. Imagine divesting yourself of all of those assets in less than a month. So um, bad news geopolitically for the USA, uh, I suspect better news for Europe, Russia, and China. And uh, now it's going to be interesting to see if they try and extend the sanctions regime 
to Germany because Germany is going to be buying its natural gas from Russia. Uh, good luck with that one, folks. <laughs> That's all I can say. Anyway, um, let's see. Yeah, Andrew Cox says, fun times ahead. Michelle uh, Bode says, yeah, we threw Russia into the briar, briar patch. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, that's the news and views from the Nefarium for this week. Remember, there's no vid chat this week. The short format vid chat will be next week, starting us off with the month of June. Um, Michelle Bode says in the chat room, a month means they're being thorough. The dollar-based assets are only going to cross the hall to the central bank from the sovereign wealth fund. Yeah, I imagine so, and I imagine the central bank is going to be overseeing this uh, divestiture, um, but we'll see. Time will tell, but I suspect you're right, Michelle. Anyway, that's it for the news and views from the Nefarium for this week. The Nefarium is busy, so, so stay tuned for next week. Bye-bye, folks. We'll see you on the flip side. <laughs>